Welcome to the Go All In Podcast. I'm your host, Robert Bruss, and I'm proud to be bringing you these stories of everyday heroes right here in Sydney, Australia. Today on the show, our guest is Lana Hill. Before we kick off the show, if this is your first time listening to the Go All In Podcast, welcome. It's great to have you here, and I know that you're absolutely going to draw some inspiration from our guest today. And if you're back for more, welcome back. It's great to have you here as well. Now, Lana is the founder of one small step business coaching and she's a dynamic and accomplished entrepreneur she's a media commentator and she's a speaker with a professional background spanning over 15 years across big corporates and small businesses there's no doubt about it lana has some amazing experience and some really really great credentials but she has a pretty epic all or nothing go all in story that i know that you're going to love as well Lana talks about her process of committing and going all in, and she says that she spends quite a long time pondering the decision, but when it comes time to make it, she makes it, she commits completely, and she doesn't look back. And I love that philosophy. Tear the rearview mirror off and just keep driving forward no matter what. I'm excited she's here to share her go-all-in story, so please help me in welcoming Lana Hill. Well, good day, Lana. Welcome to the Go All In podcast. It's so great to have you here. Thank you so much for having me, Robert. Awesome. Before we kick off and talk about all things going all in and all the <laughs> mindset stuff that we've got going on, I'd like to do a quick little warm up with all of my guests. Quick little quiz on the front end. No particular order. It's a little bit random, kind of a bit of fun. Hey, maybe your friends and family listening in might learn something about you that they don't already know. Just tell me the first thing that comes to mind. You ready? Yep, ready. All right, here we go. Do you prefer public speaking on stage doing a keynote or would you rather be on TV? Or public speaking on stage doing a keynote. Yeah, you get a real adrenaline rush from that. It's, yeah, TV's still fun though. <laughs> I've done just a tiny, tiny little bit of television, nothing like what you've done. Um, and it's always like nerve wracking, but at the end of it, you're kind of like, eh. But public yeah. speaking, like you get a thrill from that, right? Yeah, and you can see the people. You can see the people you're talking to and connecting with and you feed more off their energy, whereas TV usually just in a, in a box talking to a screen. <laughs> How long did it take you to, I guess you never truly master it, but you kind of perfect your message. How long did it take you to perfect it on stage? Was it 10 times, 20 times? Oh, that's a tough question. I don't know if you ever perfect it because I think it evolves depending on what's going on in the market and, you know, in the industry and stuff. But I think probably a good 12 months of finessing and, and it wasn't so much my message. It was the performance of my message that I wanted to get just super comfortable in and um, anchoring into that. But yeah, I mean, I don't think we ever really stop learning. <laughs> <laughs> how do you, how do you uh, overcome the butterflies? Because no matter how many times you do it, you always want to do a good job and there's a bit of nervous energy and a bit of anxious energy there. What do you do to overcome it? Are you a physical person or are you in your head or what do you do? Yeah, I was actually trained as a singer in high school. I did professional singing lessons and did a bit of singing after school. And one of the things we learnt um, in singing class was about, yeah, controlling the nerves and it's really all down to breathing. So, for me, if I feel nervous, it's familiar and I harness that energy and it's just a bit of self-talk and deep breathing. 
to just try and slow everything down. But I also think you've got to use that energy as well to just kind of get really excited and plug into it. But um, yeah, it's probably a bit of self-talk in my head, I think. <laughs> it's, it's a funny question, isn't it? Because you can't really, it's all of those things happening all at once and then trying to put your finger on it. I know for me, whenever it comes time to, to get up on a stage or do something like that from a public perspective, I find myself about to do it going, oh, I was so excited to do this, but here I am. What am I so bloody nervous about? I don't know what it is. Yeah, absolutely. And I think it was something I actually learned uh, how to do meditation when I was pregnant. And um, it was all about mind over matter. And one of the things that I really enjoyed about it was just learning how to put something out of your head. Mm -hmm. um, so I think, yeah, with keynote speaking to a degree, I get excited, I prepare, but then also I kind of draw a line in my head where it's just like, I'm not going to think about this anymore. I'm just going to get on stage and do it. So bit of both. <laughs> <laughs> Don't overthink it, whatever you're doing, right? That's that's the key point and key takeaway there. I can remember uh, when I back in the day when I was in the army and, and I was on my paratrooping course being like absolutely terrified of jumping out of an airplane, right? And the military has a way of kind of taking the fun out of stuff and amplifying the fear that you fear as well yeah. at the same time, or the fear that you feel rather at the same time. And the first couple of times you jump out of a plane, it's like you kind of get over that initial like, oh my God, I'm doing this. But then after a little while, once you get qualified and going, the RAF will pick you up and they'll tack fly you. It's called tack flying air. So like a tactical approach into a target where they're going to drop you in. And you're sitting in the back of a cargo plane and you can't see outside. And generally, you're not sitting forward enough. You're sitting sideways. And you're like really nervous before you get on the plane. You're like, oh, man, this is a night jump into this place I've never been before. It's scary wow. as hell. I've got all my equipment. You know, I hope I don't get hurt. My mates, I've got a gazillion things to remember. And you get in an aeroplane and the RAF fly around for a little while. And after about 15 minutes, you're like, I just can't wait to get out of this aeroplane. All the nerves are gone. Everything's dissipated. All the fear's gone. It's like getting up on stage. You're worried about it. You get up there and you're like, what was I ever worried about, right? Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, but it's funny though, I, as much as I love public speaking and I do a lot of workshops as well and it's so much output of energy, but I'm always exhausted afterwards. So oh, yeah, I wonder if that's something that you ever learn to get better at, you know, if, if you're ever not um, absolutely exhausted when you finish one of those things. But yeah, I think it's uh, all just practice. Yeah, Definitely, definitely. There's no such thing as match fitness in public speaking. Yeah, I guess not. <laughs> <laughs> nice one. Hey, tell me, do you prefer cardio or weights? Oh, big question. Serious probably podcasting question, of course. Yeah, probably cardio just by a little bit. Only because, oh, that's a very tough question. I love running. I've done a half marathon. Um, mm. and But my dad's a, an absolute nut for weight training. Right. And I remember I fell in love with weight training when I lived in Sydney. Um, mm. So different kind of pain, different kind of push, but I, the meditation that I get from cardio and from running, I don't get that so much with, uh, with weight training, but I love the, the burn of doing, uh, doing weights. Yeah. I've got to say it's all pretty good. Yeah. Hey, can... by, by a slither. It's okay. You don't have to choose. You're allowed to like both. It's cool. Oh, good. <laughs> <laughs> all right. You're going to have to choose one here. Do you prefer a plant-based diet or do you prefer to be a more paleo diet? Paleo, 100%. Yeah, I, I couldn't give up meat, I don't think. I know we should. I know it's better for the environment, but uh, no, I, I like my meat. I can definitely give up meat, but I don't have the discipline to do it. It's very hard, you know, to mm. try and make a new recipe all the time and make those make that plant-based diet taste very good. It's just, it is good when somebody else does it for you, but if you've got to do it day in, day out, it's bloody hard. 
Yeah, and eggs. I'd miss eggs too much as well. If I went totally plant-based, like eggs are everything to me. I have two eggs every single morning for breakfast. And if I don't have a protein-heavy breakfast, then I'm just not a normal human for the rest Hungry of the all day. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> nice one. All right, super serious podcasting question. Who's your favourite superhero? Oh, I'm going to have to say Wonder Woman, I think. That's yeah. a typical answer, right? <laughs> the lasso of truth is going to get you. Yeah, yeah. I wasn't really into superheroes that much as a kid, but I remember, well, I think Shearer actually in my day. I'm an 80s baby and there was He-Man and Shearer. So yeah. it was probably more the one I thought was cool. But yeah, I don't know. I like the geek, the geek appeal of Clark Kent. You know, Clark Kent and Superman. I'm a geek at heart myself. So yeah, hard to pick. <laughs> love, it, love it. Nice one. Do you have a favourite author? No, because I my favourite type of book is autobiography. I love autobiographies and probably my favourite book is uh, Open by Andre Agassi. Um, I wasn't great at tennis, but I love understanding more about people and what makes them tick and I found his story incredibly fascinating. So, um, yeah, I guess autobiographies are just written by the people that Live the thing. <laughs> lived it, lived it. I have to, I have to agree. I do like a good autobiography, but I also do like a, a good fiction book because in this role that I do as a podcaster, there's a lot of personal development books, and I read a whole boatload of guest books that come on as well. But I also love to sit down with a good old story as well. So that's pretty cool. I'll put a link to the uh, in the show notes to Andre Agassi's book. So if you haven't seen that, what was it called again? Open. Called Open, yeah. It's a really amazing, amazing book. Yeah, it's um, yeah. If you like tennis or if you don't like tennis, just a really easy, easy to read, fascinating book. Yeah, awesome. So just peek at your phone as you're listening to this podcast, and you will see the links to that book as well. So make sure you check that out if you haven't. You mentioned before that you learn to meditate when you're pregnant. Do you spend any time in the modern world in meditation or some sort of contemplation on a daily basis? Oh, no, I wish. And it's something I have to do. Um, the closest thing I get to meditation is when I'm in my car and I'm alone in my car because I'm a mum of two young kids. So quiet time is, is pretty rare, but I'm an absolute music buff. Like music's probably the thing I love most in life. Mm-hmm. Uh, so when I'm in the car, that's music time and that's kind of chill out time. And yeah, the music goes up really loud and that's kind of how I meditate, yeah. <laughs> it takes so many different forms. It sounds funny, but it's like, you know, clear your mind. That's the only thing that you're thinking of. That's a really, really great answer. I, I love it a lot. All right, last, uh, last serious podcasting question. Sometimes people struggle with this, but you, sometimes people just like hit me up straight away with the result. Question is, what's your favorite and best bit of advice that you've ever received? I'm probably not recalling the best one, but the one that springs to mind and something that I would, if I could go back in time and give myself that advice, it would be don't be afraid to dream big. And it sounds really cheesy, but one of the things I realised probably four years ago when I started my business was that I've never been scared of failure because I know I'm a I'm a really hard worker, I'm very driven, I've got all of the skills I need, but I was actually scared of success and I was scared of letting people down, I was scared of being judged and so it was actually the flip side and I was stopping myself from dreaming really big as a result and and thinking, you know, five years ahead, 10 years ahead, 20 years ahead, what if there are no barriers, what would I be doing and 
and what would it look like? So um, if I could pick out one piece, it would be just, yeah, try not to get too caught up in what's realistic or what you think is possible and just just dream really big. Yeah. Beautifully said. One of the really cute byproducts of me doing this podcast and having my own show is I get to ask people similar questions all the time and I get to take these little bits of these little gold nuggets. Like I say that to you and you kind of think about it for a second, then it pops in your head. That's the one I remember. And if you do that a couple of times a week, Believe it or not, it starts to it starts to stick. Yeah, uh, you're picking up some good advice there. I know, right? It's it's amazing. <laughs> I, I had a um a guy the other day. He'd been working as a business coach since it existed in Australia. When these companies came to Australia, saying, "Hey, we're doing this business coach, this business what?" You know, it didn't exist in the 1990s, right? And he was one of the first people. And and I asked him the same question, and he said, "People don't really they don't really imagine what's possible." Mm. And it goes kind of, it's the same as what you just said. It's just a different version of it. And I think that is so unbelievably true. If you just take the time to imagine what you could really be in 10 or 20 years time like that, if there was no limitations on you or something like that, if you maybe went all in, you never know where you're going to end up, right? (laughs) Exactly. Yeah. It's, and it's such a, such an important thing and it's something I'm definitely trying to pass on to my kids as well like just yeah don't because things things happen in your life that you look back on and you think yeah I didn't even think that was possible and I did it and it happened so it's just um yeah got to try and stretch the brain a bit (laughs) love it love it good stuff good advice and thank you for having a little bit of fun here on the front of the podcast with us and sharing a little bit of insights into your life as well really appreciate that well, Lana, people come on over to the Go All In podcast to learn more about others that have gone all in. So if you could, mate, could you please share with us your biggest Go All In story or stories and the lessons that you've learned from your commitment to success? Yeah, so it wasn't really that long ago, I guess. I started my uh, coaching business four years ago and uh, I started the business when I had a very young baby daughter yeah, it wasn't all in at that stage. So I, I guess I slowly built the business. Um, financially, I, I wasn't in a position where I had to um, really sort of overcommit or anything. But yeah, about 18 months ago, uh, or just over that now, um, my husband and I separated. And financially, I was in a position where I had to basically dial up the business from part-time, you know, kind of bonus income type of situation Mm. into a, I absolutely must have enough money to support myself and my two children. So yeah, it it was daunting. I'm not going to lie. And even though I know generally I'm, I'm pretty good at getting results in business, it was something that I knew would take everything I had. And particularly as personally, I was going through obviously quite a stressful situation. Um, And again, being a business coach or any kind of coach, you know, people come to you when they're looking for advice, when they're feeling um, unsure, when they want clarity. So I also knew that all of the stuff that was going on underneath the surface had to be, you know, had to stay underneath the surface basically. So yeah, it was in the December, it was just after Christmas that I realized from basically the first working day of January, I think it was the 5th of January. I had to just absolutely go hammer and tong at my business. And being a a service-based business and obviously being a business coach, a lot of it's word of mouth. You don't necessarily, uh, you know, pull the trigger on increasing demand and it happens straight away. There's usually a bit of a a uh, lag time, I should say. 
But yeah, so I committed to a, an office space that I'm sitting in now. So I moved out of working from home into a gorgeous office space, um, had it professionally done by one of my gorgeous clients who's an interior designer. Um, it was really important to me to have a space that was on brand and kind of aspirational as well. Like, you know, I, I didn't want my my business to feel like a small business. Um so did all of that and uh, reinvested back all the money I'd, I'd basically earned from the business into marketing and, um, and obviously the interior space and got out there and started networking really hard, um, punching out as much content as I could. So um, I think for me, I'm, a, I'm really a salesperson at heart. I'm very much about connecting with people one-on-one and face-to-face um, but you've got to do both when you want to really attack a market. You've got to go all in, as you say. Mm. <laughs> and um, even stuff like speaking gigs and um, media, um, you know, I just had to basically pull the trigger on every single kind of growth strategy I'd had, fortunately, sitting there in my business. So I had the strategy sitting there thinking, well, yeah, I'll do these things when I'm, when I'm ready. And yeah, all of a sudden it was like, it doesn't matter if I'm ready or not. I've just got to, I've just got to make this happen. So yeah, luckily, not luckily, took a lot of hard work and sweat and tears. Uh, But yeah, so I pulled the trigger hard and I gave myself about four months and I thought by the end of April, I will know whether or not this is working. And if it's not working, then I've got to go and get a job. I've got to go back to the corporate life and um, get a full-time job because, you know, I didn't have a choice. And, yeah, February was huge. March was huge. April was huge. And literally every month was bigger than any other month I'd had prior. And, um, yeah, luckily I had my first five-figure month. It was in uh, July of last year, actually. Um, so yeah, and the, the business just continued to grow exponentially, which then of course that comes with its own challenges where you just, you know, a one man band and you've got to start to think about scaling and, um, and delegating within your business and that type of thing. But it was a really incredible period, uh, when, you know, I'm pretty confident, I'm pretty, you know, I back myself nine times out of 10, but I really did think, wow, can I, can I actually do this? And yeah, and I did. And I actually threw a big party at the end of April for all of my um, clients and my uh, network. And most of those people didn't actually know that I, obviously business was going really well, but they didn't know all the stuff that had happened behind the scenes. And I, yeah, had, I think about 60 people um, at a really lovely bar here in Perth and, and said, hey guys, you know, thanks so much for your support. This is, this is the real story. And um, shared a little bit of what had happened with them. I'm not very good at being vulnerable. I find it quite <laughs> difficult. <laughs> uh, but yeah, it was amazing. And it was just my chance to say thank you um, because I don't think they realised, you know, like how much it meant to me on far more than just a business level. What a story. Thank you so much for sharing that. And you, you articulate it beautifully, but you put me in there with you. Like you told that story nicely. Why do you think you hadn't done it before? Good question. I think for me, it was that fear of uh, success thing. I, my kids were very young at the time. Mm, and I, yeah. And it wasn't so much the, I guess the execution of doing it that I was worried about. It was not being, there for my kids. I really, I had a really present mum and, you know, my mum's still amazing. She helps me out heaps. 
but yeah, I was just worried that I was going to let my, let my kids down, you know, but then you just do what you got to do. Like I know so many mums that launch businesses when they're either about to have a baby or they've just got young kids and you just find the time, you know, when you, when you love what you do. Um, but yeah, I think it was definitely that fear of success. I think I was worried about, well, what happens if my business grows exponentially and I'm not able to juggle all the balls anymore, you know, but Mm. then it was fine. It was fine. (laughs) Is there a bit of self-sabotage happening there with the fear of success? Yeah, definitely. Definitely. And I still struggle with that. I still um, occasionally catch myself thinking, no, don't, don't stick your head too far above, (laughs) you know, um, and I, in fact, I had a, a client who's become more of a friend say that to me again recently. She said, Lana, I feel like you're, hold, you're still holding yourself back a little bit. And yeah, but it's because, you know, we're, and I think particularly women, but everybody, you've got more than one ingredient in your life. You've got to manage it's friends and family and partners and business. And so, yeah, it's, it's definitely still something I'm conscious of and working on. Yeah, I think um, I find myself uh, in a really, I was talking to another, another guest recently. And I, I said to him, I found myself in a real comfortable place in life. Life is really good. I live my purpose every day, sharing people's messages like you. I get to meet amazing people, have incredible conversations. And that human connection that I get being a podcaster is unbelievable. That's me living my purpose. Who knew? I, I thought I was something else in life. I don't know what, but I found it, which is really nice. And the missus is good. The kids are good got a pocket full of money everything's okay like that and sort of like well it's a bubble it's a bubble but there could be so much more you know there could be there could be more and it's such a dangerous place to be in that comfort zone because I could probably stay here for the next five years you know and if I fast forward to a five-year plan and life looked like it did today actually pretty cool that's pretty good and I think it's okay though. I think, I think it's okay to sit in the bubble for a little while, but as long as you don't stay there for too long, cause I don't, I don't know. I think there's definitely going to be really accelerated growth periods in your life. And I've definitely just been through one, but then I think sometimes you just got to slow down a little bit too. And that's something I've always been terrible at, but I think you do have to slow down and reflect. Reflection I'm learning is you know, probably even more important than, than the growth process, you know? So, um, yeah, good to, it's okay to stay in the bubble for a little while. I think (laughs) the way, the way I've described it is because I get to talk to people about it like this. And, you know, in some ways, if you weren't doing what I was doing, unless you had some really close friends that you talk to about this type of thing, it's all kind of in your head. And when I hear myself articulate it, it's a little bit like what you said, but I've got a different word for it. So you have a growth period where you're on the trajectory pointing up and then you kind of plateau. And I feel like I've plateaued and it's really comfortable where I've plateaued. And instead of the word plateau or reflection, I use consolidation. Yeah. I feel like I'm consolidating my position. I work so damn hard to get here and it's been like a life's work and a life's journey to this very moment that I'm here talking to you. I'm consolidating my position and shortly I'm going to use this as a stepping off point to grow again. I'm not quite sure how or where it sort of seems to be happening around me. Then I put it in my mind's eye that I'm going to step off and go to something bigger and better. This is the base camp. Now it's time to go up to the next level. You know, when you climb Mount Everest, there's not one base camp, there's multiple base camps where you've got to acclimatize. And I feel like I'm in that consolidation period about to get to the next level. What is it that you think, Lana, that you work with a lot of small businesses? Why do people 
they find themselves on a growth trajectory and then they plateau and then they don't get off that level. What is it that stops them from going all in and getting to the next level? I think there's lots of things. The two most common things I see, are the most common would be burnout. And there's a saying I've heard quite a bit recently. It's, you know, I, I needed to learn that I had to rest, not stop. And I think a lot of small business owners, uh, yeah, they burn out. And it's, you, you, you can see why it happens because you do have to throw so much at it. And in small business, you very rarely have support teams of, you know, whether it's bookkeeping or marketing or sales or whatever it is. So, um, but I think it's also people don't ask for help early enough. Um, so that's obviously something that you can do. Um, but the other thing is I think sometimes... Yeah, it's mindset. I think it, it's generally people think I can't or I shouldn't or, you know, it's safer. It is safer in a lot of ways to um, to be employed. Mm. Um, but, and it's also very competitive as well. You know, it's to be successful in small business and big business as a leader, you know, you're always at the front of the path. And so I think to stay in that zone all the time can be really, um, yeah, it can be tiring. And I think you've You've got to prioritise the things um, that will keep you strong in the mind and strong in the spirit and still have that fire in your belly because I think if you can push through that two or three-year period, that's when I see most small business owners really starting to pull back a bit for whatever reason. Um, I think if you can push through that that time, generally you'll be able to keep going. But it is, um, yeah, it is when I see a lot of them just... Yeah, just can't do it anymore. Yeah. It's very, very hard to keep bringing your A game every single day. I would echo what you're saying. I see that a lot in my other business as well. It's, it's really hard to maintain the enthusiasm and the momentum. But the other thing that goes with that, it's a bit of a dichotomy that goes with that. You're not the only person that's going through that. So it's kind of okay to put your hand up and say, oh, I need a little bit of a hand, whether that's from a mental perspective, a burnout perspective or you know, just more resources for your business to kind of share the love around a little bit and and not try and take on so much. It's okay to put your hand up, isn't it? But why don't people put their hand up more often? Yeah, I don't know. I mean, for me personally, it's something that I've struggled with. Um, But I, yeah, I'm a part of quite a few great networking groups here in Perth, all sort of different types. And I think, yeah, the more you can surround yourself with people that are aligned in values and, you know, that you trust, you're obviously not going to feel comfortable opening up to everybody. And that's okay too. Um, But I think as long as you've got a few trusted kind of mentors and people that you can open up uh, with, then uh, yeah, you're you're a better chance. It's a marathon, not a sprint. I mean, it's Mm. such a cheesy line, but it's true. (laughs) And I think if people treated their business kind of life like they would plan for a marathon or plan for building a house or, you know, whatever it is, then we'd all, you know, the small business community I think would be more sustainable. But it's, um, yeah, quite often people just jump straight in. <laughs> That's beautifully beautifully said and, and well articulated as well. One of the things that I've been lucky enough to learn recently is when, when I first kicked off this podcast, I wanted to tell other people's stories. And there's a few other shows out there about, not quitting, like never quit, no matter what, you know, but I kind of never really, hmm, it never quite resonated with me as a topic to create the podcast around because sometimes it's okay in life to quit. And sometimes in life, you've got to quit. You've got to know when to chuck in the towel, right? 
A hundred percent. Yeah. And I totally agree. You've, you can't, you can't kill yourself in the process. <laughs> exactly. So that, that's where I arrived at the, the go all in idea when it was an idea way back when, because everybody intuitively knows how to commit and mm. committing is easy. Cause if I say to you, Hey Lana, I'm, I've got this new business idea. This guy's got this, I've got this property investment or whatever it is. I'm, and I'm going to go all in on it. You hear that and the person receiving that vernacular understands immediately that the person saying it is committed to it. I didn't coin the phrase. It's not me that's been around forever. I just kind of made a show around the phrase. But the reality is people understand intuitively what that means. And one of the things that I learned recently about not quitting on another episode that I listened to, or sorry, another guest that I interview, and his podcast is called No Quit Living. And one of the really, really awesome bits of advice that he gave, and I wanted to share it with this, with this audience as well and, and get your comments and feedback on it as well. But I asked him, you know, what, what is a tool that you can use when you feel like you're ready to chuck in the towel? And, you know, everybody feels like that. Sometimes you wake up in the morning and the first thing you think of is, oh, God, I can't be stuffed doing this anymore. You know, it's <laughs> like the very first thing that pops into your brain before you even go to the bathroom. You know, your feet haven't even hit the floor and you're like, oh, my God. We've all had that feeling. And he said to me, what you've got to do is look back at where you've come from, see where you are and look ahead where you're going and have a look at those little wins that you've had along the way. And, and you know, those Tony Robbins, celebrate your little win, give it a bit of a fist bump under the desk when nobody's looking. What would you say about that? I think that's a pretty cool tool, right? Yeah, there's, I think it's really, it's up to the individual. I mean, some of the stuff I know a lot of my uh, small business peers listen a lot to, to podcasts and, and to um, content that gets them really amped up um, and excited and, you know, even, as you say, reflecting on where you've been. For me, it's almost the opposite. For me, I find to feel regenerated and to feel inspired again, I've got to unplug. Uh-huh. Um, I'm with you. I'm in that camp. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah. And it's just, you know, again, like if I, I, I could say to somebody, I find running really relaxing and they'll go, Lana, you're an idiot. What are you talking about? But yeah. you know, it's whatever switches your brain off. So mm-hmm. and for me, stuff that makes me feel energized in my body, but also calms my mind, that seems to be the perfect combination for me. And yeah, for exercise is a big part of it for me. But yeah, I think even really basic things, I started doing this again when I was uh, pregnant with my daughter and I, I'm not as religious with it as I used to be, but listing the things in my head that I was grateful for mm. um, and that's, you know, it could be in your personal life and your professional life, it, you know, it could be big things or small things, but that that also really works for me because it, it helps me feel like I've created this, I've done this, I'm in a really awesome space, I'm in charge, let's go. So it's probably, they're my two, they're the two things that help me, yeah. Yeah, nicely nicely said. I, I love the idea of running for fun because you're a bit of a sadist like me by the sound of it because I can't <laughs> yeah. run as much as I used to. I've got a dodgy paratrooper knee, but I still do run a little bit, not as much as I used to and really clears the mind. The way I describe it is you don't have to run, you don't have to jog, you don't have to go to the gym or anything like that. If you feel like you're ready to chuck in the towel, I like to be media free is the way I describe that. So no phone, no screen, no anything. And if I'm struggling a little bit with whatever, if I'm media free and I find I go and go for a a walk with no other person, no other interaction in the solitude of my own mind and and reflect on where I am in relation to where I was in relation to where I'm going to be, it forces me to be a little bit more present. And sometimes it's like, well, you know, 
whatever, I'm going to make a decision, I'm going to chuck in the towel and quit. Or more often than not, it's, it kind of reinvigorates why I was doing it in the first place. And I, I come back to the start of where I was and it forces me to reflect on the initial decision to go all in, so to speak. And here, here I am, I ended up here and it lets me move forward. Do you jog media free or have you got something in your ears? Oh, I need music. As I said, music is, is again. Well, that's a form of it, right? That's a form of yeah, your meditation. Yeah. But yes, I don't, um, I have to, I have to have music in my ears. Like even when I ran, I ran a half marathon and yeah, my knees, um, my left knee's super dodgy now. So I don't run as much as what I used to, but I remember the purists, the, the half marathon or the, just the running purists were like, no, nah, you can't you know, you've got to be at one with your breath, blah, blah, blah. But I'm like, it's whatever works for the individuals. So, um, but yeah, definitely unplugging. Like for me, it's obviously it's winter time in Australia, but um, getting to the beach is always something that grounds me. Just anything that feels grounding, I think. And as you say, you don't want to get to a stage in business where you fall out of love with it. Because once you fall out of love with anything, with somebody, with, <laughs> with a business, it's very, very hard to plug into that again. Um, so I think kind of having those little checkpoints before you get to that stage is always um, a smart way to go. Don't let it snowball into something big. Make sure you kind of nip it in the bud as soon as you get those feelings. And, and if I've learned anything in the last week of 10 podcasts or whatever it is that I've done, put your hand up and ask somebody for help or reach out to somebody and get a little bit of help. And that's been a bit of a common theme. And maybe, I don't know, it's the universe kind of saying, hey, Rob, you need to put your hand up and ask for help. I'm like, I don't know that. I didn't ask anybody for help. I'm good. I'm good. I don't have emotions. I'm not vulnerable and I'm fine. I'm living yeah. in my world here in Canada. Leave me alone. Stop bothering me. <laughs> my podcast. I can say whatever I want. <laughs> you can. You certainly can. It's <laughs> pretty cool. Thank you so much for sharing that. What I've got to ask because you get lots of exposure to small businesses and you see them from a, a completely different perspective to what I see. I see them from a, a digital marketing perspective, which is very different. You see it from a more holistic point of view and from the individuals as well. What is it that you see people doing to overcome the overwhelm of small business and, and managing that overwhelm? Because it can be really overwhelming from time to time with customers and things going wrong and all the work to do. You, you literally need 29 hours in a day sometimes and that can be stressful for people. Do you see people coping with that in a particular way or is it, again, individual case by case? Yeah, I think it's individual and I think it sounds silly but I think generally that's why people will come to see me or, or see a business coach because they're not that they are feeling overwhelmed. So, but the, the stuff that I do and, you know, I'm, I'm very much a, you know, I'm a geek. I love the stuff that I do, but have a really clear path. You know, I think you mentioned digital marketing, Robert. I think a lot of people get very overwhelmed, you know, with, with digital platforms and should I be doing everything? And, you know, I've got to, I've got to do Instagram and Facebook and YouTube and I've got to do email and, Usually what I will say to clients is, right, bring it right back. What are you trying to achieve? Let's put a plan in place to address that. And I think once you've got a clear path forward, that can become, you know, that's very clarifying, but also prioritizing because, you know, I could say to somebody, you know, that says they want to grow their business, I could say, well, okay, I want you to, you know, exponentially increase your uh, activity on social media. If that's not sustainable for them, 
it's only going to have the opposite effect. So it's got to be realistic as well. And yeah, I think we can't be everything to everybody as much as that's definitely what it feels like in small business sometimes that you're trying to be everything and wear all the hats. You just can't at the end of the day. So I think um, slowing, not slowing down because we don't really get to slow down, but trying to bring it back to what am I trying to achieve and reverse engineer the plan almost from there. That's um. Yeah, that's what I think is, is the right thing to do because there's just so much information out there. It can get really overwhelming and, and hard to work out what the right path forward is. Yeah, stripping it back to basics is a, uh, is a really good thing to do as well. And, and that I find that really helps me with overwhelm. So that's great, great feedback and great advice there, Lana. Appreciate I'd add to that by saying just because you can doesn't mean you should. Well, I can put up like 11 Instagram <laughs> posts a day of taking photos of me recording people and doing all sorts of things, but is it really productive or conducive to anything that I'm trying to do? No, it's no, definitely not. So that's not something that I'm going to do. Yes, I can run the, the Facebook ads manager. I know how to do that. I know how to run the Google one, the ad roll one, the perfect audience one. I can run 50 different ad platforms all at once because I've had the experience. That doesn't mean I should be doing that. I should be, as you say, focusing on the things that are most productive and getting me the best results and moving me towards my goal, not wasting time fiddling around with Facebook or Instagram. So true. Yeah. And it was something I learned when I actually was juggling a small, uh, another small business, a personal training business, when I had my coaching business at the beginning and I also had a young toddler And the thing that I realized that I had to do was prioritize. I knew that I was never going to get all of my jobs done in a day because you just physically, I did not have the time to be as effective as I wanted to be. So I knew, okay, I've got to pick the kind of top three things that are going to give me the biggest bang for buck, the most return on my time. And generally they're more long-term things as well. They're more strategic kind of goals and actions rather than the day-to-day Instagram stuff, you know. So um, I think it's, yeah, being really clear on your goals and knowing what closer to them. Beautiful. <laughs> as, as you're saying that, I'm writing down some of your quotes as well because, like, I'm going to make some graphics here in the end of them and they're really effective as well, you know. You've got to prioritise your time and work out where you're going to get the best bang for bucks. Don't waste some bloody time on Instagram. Yeah. <laughs> Unless that's going to get you some bacon. Exactly. I like taking photos, so that's kind of cool too. <laughs> Awesome. <laughs> we, can, we can have both. We can have both. One of the things that happens in small business a lot, and it happens to me a fair bit as well, as a, I wouldn't consider myself an influencer, but I have a, a reasonable, or like I'm not one of these dudes on Instagram that's taking photos of myself and I got 400,000 followers. I'm just not. I'm not, I'm only a little, bit, a little bit old, maybe too much gray hair or something. I don't know. But what <laughs> does happen from time to time is people send me products and they send me some stuff and we look at that and, you know, if I have a guest on the show, they want me to try their product or they want me to read their book or they want me to do something beforehand. And it's really nice. It's really, really, really flattering. So please keep doing that if you're listening and you want to appear on the show and do the review and do the plug. Like they're happy to, happy to do that. But the reason I bring that up is not to kind of brag about anything like that, but in small business, and I consider the goal in business to be a small business. We earn less than $10 million a year. And in Australia, if you earn less than 10 mil, you're a small business. That's the reality of it. One of the things that happens is I get distracted a lot. I get distracted with an opportunity over here or a product over there, or I have to, and and not by day-to-day activities, like legitimate distractions that are taking my focus away and moving me away to a different goal and putting me on a different path. What would you say, Lana, to 
somebody that was distracted by all of these things, and I'm not saying it's a bad thing. I'm saying it's, it happens. And sometimes it's a really good thing. And sometimes it's terrible. But if somebody was going to commit and go all in on that distraction, what would be the top three things that they would do or what they should do in order to be successful at that distraction? Yeah, look, I, this is why I do what I do, but I love, it's why I love business plans because really a business plan is just a fancy way of saying, work out what your goals are and make sure that everything you're doing is getting you closer to that goal. And it's knowing what your goals are. I've always got my goals and I sort of think in 12-month blocks. That's just how my brain works. Some people think in short amounts of time, longer amounts of time, but it's just knowing what you're trying to achieve. So when an opportunity comes at you, you can ask yourself, is this going to get me closer to that? If the answer is no, then the other question I would ask is, is it income producing? And if the answer to that is also no, I would say stay away from it because it is just going to make you veer off. Like I think most entrepreneurs, you know, we can get distracted by shiny, <laughs> shiny things. That's, and that's why I'm fine. asking because I'm distracted <laughs> and I want to know what to do to stop it. <laughs> yeah, and look, I think, again, it depends on what stage you're at in your business too. But I think those that, you know, succeed very quickly and yeah, over a shorter space of time, it's because they're so, they're focused on one thing Mm. and almost tunnel vision going hard at a particular target. And again, I love sports, so it's easy to draw the, draw the parallel to an athlete, but you know, they're focusing and visualizing on that when they're going to win the race. And I think that's why everything, every bone in their body, all the DNA, all the energy is being aimed at that particular thing. So Number one is have the plan, have the really clear plan. And number two would be assess opportunities as they come to you. You might get an opportunity that's amazing and you should definitely take it, but make sure that you ask yourself that question, yeah, whenever anything comes across your desk and make sure everything is really consistent from, you know, with your branding and your marketing and all that stuff as well. I think it can be easy and I'm, you know, I've been approached to do, collaborations and I guess advertised products and stuff, which as you say, is very flattering, but you got to check in with your values as well. And that would probably be number three, just check in with your values and your business values and your brand. And does it make sense? And if it's not going to make sense to you, it's certainly not going to make sense to your audience. And I think, yeah, that's, they're probably the three tips I have. (laughs) Beautifully said, beautifully said. One of what I took away there was if as soon as I have to sit down and get my my pen and my notepad and write a business plan, suddenly it doesn't seem so attractive. (laughs) It requires work. And it's not, suddenly it goes away from being a a shiny toy to something serious. And I, I think I'd add a number four in there for you as well. Maybe the tool that I use to not be distracted because I am so unbelievably guilty of that as the entrepreneur, you know, like, oh, I could do this. And it comes back to, you know, just because you, you can doesn't mean you should. That's the first thing. The other one that I would say to it is, if I was going to spend X amount of time over there on that new thing, what would I get versus if I spent the same X amount of time on what I'm currently doing, wouldn't I get a better result in what I'm currently doing? And shouldn't I focus just a bit more attention on this? What are you even looking at that for? And it kind of brings me back to center. And, and as you say, unless it's aligned to your values and where it's moving me closer towards my target, then yeah, that's a, a nice way of looking at it as well. So thank you for sharing that. It's a good one. No worries. 
<laughs> awesome. Well, tell me about what's happening for you and your business in the next 12 to 18 months. If we could shift gears here, is there something exciting ahead for you on the, on the horizon or is it more of the same? Oh yeah, it's been a really interesting uh, sort of six to 12 months for me. I'm doing a lot more now. You mentioned, um, yeah, the media involvement that I have now, which is super fun. I mean, for me, it's everything I do relates back to strategy. I love, I'm just an absolute nerd for it. So uh, whether it's media strategy or personal brand strategy, because I find there's, you know, more and more business owners and not just business owners, professionals are very focused on their personal brands. So um, yeah, I think doing doing lots more of that stuff. And uh, yeah, I just, I'm, to be honest, I'm at a point in my business where I'm just trying to get back to the stuff that I really love doing because I've had a very, I guess, accelerated growth phase in my business where I only had time to react. And luckily for me, I had the strategy sitting in place in my business beforehand. Um, but for me now, the, the two things that I really want to do a lot more of I guess broadly as speaking and uh, and more media stuff and just I don't know sharing a little bit more of myself with my community, uh, but yeah, still still coaching, still love it. But yeah, I guess getting out there on a more yeah on a bigger scale, um, as you'd know, scaling scaling your business is really hard. So it's, for me, it's always I've got to keep coming back to what do I really want to do, and not just from a business perspective. What kind of life do I want to have? How much time do I want to? with my kids, with my family, my friends, etc. So yeah, just getting back to what I, I really want to be doing. <laughs> Very nice. Well said. Well said. And obviously I did a bit of research before this interview, like I do for all of my guests. And I don't just invite anybody to come on the Go All In podcast. And one of the things that I, I noticed uh, when I came across you in LinkedIn, I looked at your website, I looked at your stuff. I, I saw you sitting there with baby John Burgess on TV. That's kind of cool. <laughs> yeah. I was like, hey, <laughs> yeah, that's like really cool, right? So you get to meet. What's he like in real life, by the way? Lovely, lovely Good man, up. and such a professional. He's is yeah. It's quite a pleasure to watch him work for sure. Yeah. Well, he's been doing it for 150 years. He'd want to be good at it. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. But I think yeah, we can always learn something from the veterans of any industry, you know. And he's um yeah, you can tell, you can see why he's been doing it for so long. Mm, absolutely. Well, one of the things that, uh, that kind of leads me into the, the question I was going to ask you and the point that I'm trying to make here is that your personal branding on your website and for the people listening, what is your website? Uh, well, my coaching website is onesmallstepcoaching.com.au and my personal brand website is lana, L-A-N-A, hill.com.au. Uh, yeah. So if you're listening to this podcast, just have a peek at your phone and the links to Lana's websites will be right there. So you don't have to dig for them. Just look at the show notes to this actual podcast, click on the links and it will take you straight there. And when you look at lanahill.com, I think .com.au, right? Yeah, .com.au. .au. <laughs> One of the things that I noticed is you got your personal branding squared away and I deal a lot in this space and I see a lot of people and a lot of different things that are out there. And as soon as I saw that, I was like, this lady, I've got to get on my show and I want to get a little bit of feedback from you because really nice website, beautiful photography and great copywriting and your message is right on point. So for the people that are listening, please, please, please click on those links and have a have a bow peep at Lana's websites because she's really got it on the money. And I know immediately what you're all about. I can see immediately what you stand for and immediately what you do. And you've just done it really well. Is, is that a, a product of you 
marketing and copywriting or where did that all come from? Tell us a little bit about how you built your website to make it so great there on the front end. Oh, firstly, I really appreciate that. Thank you so much. <laughs> yeah, it's-, and it's coming from a digital marketing guy that builds websites and I'll nitpick everything, believe me. And yeah. it was very, it's like instantly I saw it and was like, wow, that's really, really good. It just it captivated me. It got me. So it's oh, genuinely from the heart. It's great. I really appreciate that. Well, a huge shout out to my graphic designer, um, Joanne Tapodi. She uh, designed both of my websites. But yeah, for me, I'm very, uh, what's the word I'm looking for? I'm a stickler for brand. And I think when you're building a brand, you've got to really put the hard yards in early. So I, I did personally the, I guess, the, the business plan and the, and the strategy development because that's how my brain works. Um, when I did my coaching uh, website came first. So I did that coaching website. And then, as I said, I had the, my personal brand strategy kind of sitting in the back of my head. I got some help from a marketing agency here in Perth to kind of flesh some of it out for me in terms of implementation and how I would execute that. Mm-hmm. But I knew my gut feel was that my business brand and my personal brand needed to be separate because the things that they stood for and, and I guess the brand values behind my coaching business were quite different to the brand values for my personal brand, which sounds a little bit convoluted. But I think, you know, if you're, if you're wondering whether or not you should really separate your personal brand from your business brand, the kind of easiest way to think about it is does it look and feel different? And also other deliverables different as well. So once I worked out that, uh, yes, my personal brand needed to sit separately, um, again, I went back to Joe um, and we went through a really great kind of, again, you know, strategy, um, personal brand development process. I'm a massive fan of professional photography. I think, you know, it's, it's so much a part of your brand and it's visually such a great way to communicate who you are and what you're about. So um, the gorgeous Steph King did both of my photos on my uh, coaching website as well as my personal brand website. And yeah, I also got a copywriter, but for me, it was, it was easy. I won't say it was easy because building a website isn't easy. It's hard, even if you know what you're doing. Um, so I didn't build it, but I, I knew what my message had to be. I knew what I wanted the brand to stand for and I knew, yeah, I guess how I would execute that once the website was built, you know, I knew what would come after that. So, um, yeah, it's all in the, all in the strategy for me. But thank you. I, I had some wonderful professionals that really helped me out as well. It's really great just to hear you talk about how that happened and how it, how it shaked out. So for anybody that's listening that is looking for an example of personal branding and the differentiating between the two, you, you really see it with yours there. And, and it's great how you kind of unpick the two, but they're kind of so unbelievably similar, but they're still, di- they still differentiate each other and you can really see how they're differentiated. And, I, and you just, you nailed that. That was a uh, good, good job. Well done. Kudos. You oh, nailed it. I appreciate it very much. <laughs> I, I had to go on the same journey recently with the go all in brand. I always created go all in to be a bit generic because I didn't want to be just telling stories of X, Y, or Z. I didn't want to be pigeonholed into something. I wanted to be everything, but I also want to have a personal brand as well. But like you just said, does my personal brand look any different to, my, to the go all in brand? And I ended up recently, in fact, by saying, actually, no, because the go all in brand stands for everything that I stand and it does everything that I do. And for the foreseeable future, that's exactly what I'm going to do. So I put go all in with Rob Bruss. 
And yeah. I added that to it. And as soon as I added that to it, I got all these emails and stuff. Well, who else is it with you, moron? Is there somebody else in this? I was like, no, 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 no. Like, that's my, my, my brand, my baby. I created, created that. And, and I had to go through a process of the front of my website about this is about the show and about that. And then there's some services and different things that we do. You know, you can appear as a guest on this podcast. We have this thing called Goal in TV. And then we've got the podcast booking agency as well. And I really had to kind of differentiate myself within the brand, within the actual podcast. And, you know, it's not just about this show. Primarily, it's about this show, but there's services that go with this and part of that. And not a lot of people know that. And I've had to bring that to the forefront and work on that. So it's really interesting hearing your view of differentiation. And mine was how do I merge the things two together without standing on one or the other or one being more prominent than the other. It was a real balancing act and it's quite a difficult thing to do. And if you're listening to this or you're watching this and you're thinking about personal branding, have a look at both of our sites and that'll give you some idea of uh, how we've done it. So you've got the opposite to me. You you separated your brands and I bought my personal brand and my business brand together like that. So it'll be a good highlight for somebody to look at. Absolutely. And yeah, that's the perfect example because there is no right or wrong answer. You've mm. got to ask yourself the question and you know the answer you get to is whatever makes sense for you and your business and particularly where you want it to go. That's always one of the questions I'll ask my client when they're asking me about personal branding or business or whatever. You've just, what's the end game? And you might not always know the answer. These things can obviously evolve over time, but I think it's just being really clear on what you want it to do, what you want it to say. It helps a lot. Yeah. And you've got to think about the future as well. I, I, it's all good and well to have these, this thought process. And I was, I was chewing on it for about a week. You know, that's the only way I can really describe it because I backed and forth and I backed and forth and I looked at like literally hundreds of other people's personal brands and websites, celebrities and influencers in different spaces, particularly in and around the space that I'm in. And in the end, I kind of, I didn't rush. And I think that was the, the key thing, even though two weeks is not a very long time. By the time I got there, I felt like I'd done 40, 50 hours worth of homework to make a decision in and around that. And it feels good to have made that decision to be able to move forward with it. Yeah, exactly. And I'm a huge, I mean, I'm, I'm obviously a huge fan of business planning, but for me, I'm a funny combination of very analytical, but also very intuitive. So I'll do all of the planning, I'll put it down on paper and then I'll sit with it. You know, like you said, you were chewing it, chewing on it. I call it marinating. So I just kind <laughs> of let it swoosh around in my head for a while, see how it feels. And usually your gut will tell you, okay, you know, I can see from a logical and a rational perspective what, what this says, how does it feel, feels good, and then you just, like, you've got to make a decision then move on. Like, I, I, I hate, you know, I, and I don't look back. Once I've made a decision, even if it's a bad decision, you just have to push ahead because otherwise you'll never learn. If you get stuck in procrastination zone, then it's just um, no good, no good for you. <laughs> yeah, it's really interesting because you just described exactly what happened to me. Like I thought about it for a little while. I made a logical, considered choice. I've done it. Now I'm just moved on. Don't think about it anymore. Just keep moving forward. That's the path I'm on. I can always come back and unpick it if I need to later, but it's okay. Just move forward. And personal brand is more important than ever before, I believe. I think that is so critical. Yeah, absolutely. The thing I love about personal brand, you know, it doesn't matter what you're doing 
you know, what you're doing now, your personal brand is always going to be with you. So I could be a business coach now. I could be in 10 years time doing something totally different, but my personal brand is what comes with me on the journey and you can build equity in that over time and obviously leverage the equity in your personal brand with your business brand and vice versa. So yeah, I'm a huge fan. But again, I think you never in branding, uh, you never want to leave it just up to chance, you know, like good, uh, another cliche, but good stories aren't told by mistake. Mm. So you've got to put thought into it. You've got to really ask yourself what you want it to stand for before you then execute the telling of the story. Yeah. One of the things that I would add that in 10 years, in 10 years time is that if you decide you've at, right now at the moment, you've got a network of people and those network of people are within your sphere of influence now because this is what you do right now. But if you stop doing what you're doing now and you don't have your personal brand to carry on, then the network that you have now will not follow you. And you've got to go from a standing start of zero. And in such a competitive, unbelievably commoditized world like it is today, the best thing that you can do is move on from wherever you're moving on from and take that audience with you, whether that's in your business, in a job, wherever it is, I think it's so unbelievably important, more important than any time in history to have your own personal brand and whatever it is that you stand for, have those people inside your ecosystem and come on that life journey with you because that will set you up for success in the next thing that you do. Because the minute you step into something new, you can go back to that audience and leverage that audience to help you get into new business, to find new connections, to make new sales. There's a whole raft of things that are there. So if you're not there with a personal brand right yet, hurry up, hurry up and get there with your bloody personal brand. Pull your finger out and get on with it. And if you need a hand with it, I know, I know a lady. Yeah. <laughs> I can help. help. Yeah. Help awesome. No, wow. great point. That's such a great point. And I think, yeah, everyone wants to be seen as an expert and a leader in their space or most people do. But yeah, I think the sooner you kind of start uh, carving that out, um, yeah, the better. And it's something that, yeah, you can take with you for, for as long as you want. Beautiful, beautiful. All right, last question for the podcast because we're, we're bumping up against an hour here. You're a busy lady, busy mum, busy business. What is it that's absolutely not negotiable every day that you've got to do? that keeps you sharp and focused and bring in your A game for your clients and your customers. Two eggs for breakfast. <laughs> Good brekkie. Vegemite on your toast. It's true. And actually I will add a strong coffee. They're, they're probably my non-negotiables. Everything else kind of, yeah, will pan out the way it pans out, but that helps me stay kind of focused, clear head. Uh, yeah, coffee definitely helps my brain work, but, um, yeah, eggs are just absolutely non-negotiable for me. (laughs) I love the simplicity of it. Sometimes it's a big, long, boring, complex answers, but not just two eggs and a cup of coffee. I'm good. (laughs) I'm a pretty simple gal at the end of the day. (laughs) Awesome. Awesome. All right. If people want to connect with you, Lana, what's the best way? Is it via LinkedIn and your websites? Is there some other way? Instagram, maybe? Yeah, LinkedIn uh, is good. Instagram, I'm on um, for both my coaching and my personal brand. Facebook, yeah, I'm, I'm pretty easy to find. If you Google Lana Hill, that's probably the best place to start and you'll find, uh, yeah, you'll find everything from there. All righty. And again, if you just peek at your phone, I'll make sure all Lana's links to her socials are, are right there into her website as well. So you don't have to Google or dig too far. It's right there <laughs> in the show notes to this. And if you're watching this video on Facebook or YouTube, just scroll down and you'll see it in the description to this video so they're right there nice and easy to find 
Lana, thank you so much for coming on the Goal In podcast. We really appreciate you spending an hour with us here and sharing your story and your commitment to success and doing whatever it takes to succeed. Thank you again so much and we look forward to speaking with you again soon. It's bye for now. Bye. Thank you. Well, there you have it, folks. What a great show. Make sure you connect with Lana. Get inside of her ecosystem. Connect on Facebook, on Instagram, and make sure you connect with her on LinkedIn as well. And don't forget to visit her website as that's a really great example of how to do some personal branding. All of the links to Lana's socials and to her site are right there on your phone in the show notes. So you won't have to go digging around for them anywhere. Just take a peek at your phone and they're all right there. And if you're watching this video on Facebook or on YouTube, just scroll down and they're right there in the description to the video as well. If you've got a question or a comment for the show, make sure you reach out via the Go All In socials. And if you want to send me an email, you can do that by visiting goallin.com.au to find out more. Now, if you like what you heard today, I'd really appreciate a review for the show as that helps us out a whole lot as well. Well, that wraps it up for the show today. So whatever it is that you're doing, whatever you're working on, get busy, get to it and go all in. I'll see you next time. Oh, hey, you, what you gonna do? Feeling a weekend kind of mood. Don't even try staying at home. I know you're a bad girl trying to be good. Looking so hot, looking so fine. Baby, for tonight, I want you to be mine. We're going for a ride. Oh, we're going for a ride. So won't you come on out with me? Just wanna take you far away Don't go to sleep, staying in bed Gonna pick you up, so be ready to play You're looking so hot, looking so fine Baby, for tonight, I want you to be mine We're going for a ride We're going for a ride So won't you come on out with me Forever young and free So won't you come on Making memories, let's do this together Flying high, only me and you girl I want you by my side, I want